this episode, we are talking about time mysteries. We're going to really break your brain here. So we talk a little bit about some really trippy science concepts. We talk about messing with your perception of time, like how off we all are, and also about something called time slips. Can't wait to jump in. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst. This is the Intuitive Girls Guide. All right, Jamie, are you ready for some more um, brain punishment about how crazy time is? I suppose so, if we must. Yeah. I got to say, over the past, like, two weeks of really researching this topic, I feel like I've been in the brain Olympics. Like, it it takes a lot of focus at a time in my life where focus is hard (laughs) to learn. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I want to start by kind of really talking about how even when we're talking about science, time is still completely a mystery that we don't understand. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the first concept I want to talk to you about is the concept of the arrow of time. So this is the idea that time only moves in one direction. I'm on board. Okay. And that direction, Jay, is forward. I know you like this part. This is is like... This is good Jamie stuff. Yes, I love it. Okay. So we think that our our start to measuring time, we don't think it, we know that it was the Big Bang, which happened about 3.7, 3.8 billion years ago. Still on board? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a part that you won't like. There's a lot of theories that before the Big Bang, time moved in a completely different direction. It did not move forward and I'll tell you why in a minute but how do you how do you react to the idea that before that time was not moving the way it moves I I don't even know what that means (laughs) like I literally don't know how to imagine like what does that what is what is I guess comparatively forward and backwards like like were we aging backwards is this like Benjamin Button stuff or like what does that even mean right and it's difficult because you also have to think of it like this is way before humans. Right. So one of the one of the time perception things I was going to tell you later, but I think I'll tell it to you right here because I think it also it also works in when we're thinking about the Big Bang. Okay. Sure. If you take all of time, that thirteen point seven billion years, and you condense it down into a year, humans showed up on December thirty first. Huh. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yep. That hurt my brain more than all of the other things. And I was, I was learning about the theory of relativity, Jay, the idea that our part in, in time is that small and that late in the game is really crazy to me. Yes. That's really crazy. And as I'm trying to like, I don't know, I can't even really formulate an idea in my head of what that looks like. (laughs) It's weird. And I don't even know how to measure time without humans in that picture, like Mm -hmm. in that idea. Like, so it's like, we're picturing like outdoors, like outer space. So then I don't even know how you'd measure that without humans. Okay. Well then this is going to hurt your brain even more. So let's talk about how scientists actually do measure time. Okay. Okay. It's something called entropy. I know you've heard of entropy entropy before, but that's basically the measure of disorder. Okay. Okay. So we're saying that the big bang 
we had entropy, like everything was together. There was order. There was not chaos. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so the, one of the videos that I saw explained it, like all of the socks that you've ever had in your entire life were in your sock drawer. <laughs> right. Neatly placed, exactly stacked. And the big bang came along and the sock drawer exploded. And as time went, moves further and further away from the big bang, your socks are spreading out further and further apart all over your room. Oh God. <laughs> so we measure time by the amount of disorder. So how you can also think of that is like our, why we age is based on the fact that entropy is happening. So our, our cells and atoms are moving further and further into chaos and like further apart and spreading out and we're aging. Does that make that, sense? Yes, that does make sense. You could also think of it as like if you built the most amazing castle in the world and you were the most talented builder of castles, it wouldn't matter. In in 200 years, you would need to repair the castle. Like you, there's nothing you could do could make it so entropy wouldn't like make it age and need to be fixed. Does that make sense? Right. Nothing lasts forever. Okay, so that means that how we look at the past scientifically is that the past has less entropy and the future has more entropy. Great, we're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens? <laughs> you oh, went right. from like on board to like hating life in a matter of sentences. Realistic. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> okay. Now, let's talk about something that, that you and I can grasp, okay? In space, you can move forward and backwards, okay? But in time, you can only move forward. Yes. Okay, see, we're on board for this. So let's just, let's think of this more like as, as if we don't already know it. Like, let's say we were explaining this to like an alien who doesn't understand how we view time, okay? If we were doing that, like if I was driving to your house and I, I was going to your house, da, 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 driving along and I drove past your house, which I have done before, I can turn around or go in reverse and go back to your house. No big deal. No right. big deal. Right. But if I was supposed to be at your house at 9 a.m. and I woke up at 10 a.m. Oh, my God. I wish that would happen. That hasn't happened since I had kids. But let's say it did. I can't reverse and go back and get myself up at eight to be to your house by nine. I can't do that. It's one of the great frustrations of mankind. It's regret like that. That's what creates regret, that inability to go backwards. Exactly. Exactly. So let's also talk here about the theory of relativity. Now that I've lulled you into a safe space. <laughs> Okay, okay. So Einstein came up with this theory in 1905, and he was riding on a train when he came up with it, which I would just like to make a point right here, that I can do no thought experiments while on a train, because I am trying the whole entire time to deal with the ridiculously terrible energy that exists on like commuter rails and trains. So right. credit to Einstein. Like maybe in the shower I could do a thought experiment, but that is not happening on a train. Gotcha. Okay, so sitting on the train, he sort of came up with the concept of the theory of relativity, which is 
very simply stated, I know I'm saying this way too simply, but the faster you move through space, the slower you move through time. Right. How do you feel about that, Jay? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Okay. Like I don't get how you are connected. You know what I mean? Gravity also has an effect on us in that our feet experience time moving faster than our heads. Oh, really? The closer you are to the center of the earth, the faster time goes. How do you like that one? Actually, I I have that. No, cancel. Reverse that. Okay. (laughs) The further away from it, the faster. I don't like that. I I could, like, I could agree with, like, yes, you might be moving faster because of gravitational pull or whatever, but, like, time itself, isn't it, it's constant? You know what I mean? That's where I, that's where you lose me. Okay, so right there, this is not going to help this, but I'm going to tell you that that confusion you're feeling is what they call the fabric of time, which is that space and time form a four-dimensional fabric called space-time, which is what we're talking about right now. Right, exactly. Okay. Don't you love that, Jay? You're so excited about it? No. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Okay. Now, I know that we're going to talk about time travel in the next episode. I've dedicated a whole episode to that guys, but I just want to say that the idea of time travel is something that we, I'm sure we'll, you'll cover this when we talk about this Jay, but like it would create a loop um, that between the future and the past that our brains cannot figure out how to get out of. And no movie has ever actually explained it. So it doesn't like we can't quite grasp it because the loop that it would create between present past and future would be so it would just throw us off so bad that we we really do need that arrow right so you know how i told you that nonlinear time says that the future influences the past yep we also have evidence that this is true in our memories so Past exists in our memories, but the future doesn't. Okay, we know that. But also the future, the more things that happen to you and the more time that goes, you travel into the future, the more your memory of the past, which is the only way the past lives in the present is through memory, right? The more your memory is altered. Based on your lived experiences? Mm-hmm. That I can get on board with. Okay. All right, I've got you on board, so now I'm going to hit you with something that you're not going to like. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Okay, I want to read this whole few sentences to you, too. I think it's three sentences, and I don't want you to say anything until I finish, and then you can just do whatever you need to do and say whatever you need to say after I say this, okay? All right, I'm ready. Okay. Time and reality are possibly the same thing, Okay. Reality only exists when it's observed. Reality is made of information. Information is created by observation. So observation must be made by something conscious. Therefore, time and reality only exist when a conscious being is observing them. No. No, this is your tree. If a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? No, of course not. No, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. I mean, like consciousness observing it changes like how it's perceived or what like the effects of that 
whatever is, but like it's happening regardless, right, Heather? Apparently not, Jay. I don't know. Isn't it crazy? I dissent. I I refuse. <laughs> All right, I got to tell you just a quick story about this. So, I I was researching this the time, time and reality and consciousness and how they are intertwined. I was researching this right before I took my son to a doctor appointment. <laughs> now, just a quick side. My son is fine. He had an accident on his bike. He, he got like really mangled up. He got a concussion, a broken jaw, broken temporal bone, broken teeth, stitches in his chin. He's a hot mess, but he's fine. It's all recoverable. He's fine. But we had to take him to um, get some tests because he's having vertigo from the concussion that he got. So there, we're sitting there. Now I have just read this and now I'm sitting with some, like I'm in, I'm in Boston Children's Hospital. So I'm with like the smartest doctors ever. Okay. So I'm sitting there after I've just read this and they're doing all these tests because they're trying to determine like what is causing the vertigo so they can come up with some things to do to, to help stop it. So they're testing his, vestibular system which rules like how you how you're how you balance okay right yep so all of these systems are there all of these tests are being done and they're all on the computer screen and the tests are being done and i'm watching and looking at the screen and i do this thing i don't know if you do this too jay i think it's a mom thing maybe or maybe it's just like a, a weird me thing i don't know but like i look at the screen as if i can read this this testing like i'm gonna figure <laughs> out what this says Yes, I've done that before. <laughs> like a line is moving on a chart. It's going up and down. And I'm like, that doesn't look good. I have no idea what I'm looking at. Right. Okay. So why I'm doing this, and I literally am sitting there, and to the, like, the physician's assistant who's doing the tests, I kind of accidentally say, oh, my God, this information about his system does not exist until it's being observed. This this is not information until somebody measures it and observes it and looks at it. It's not information. And she looked at me like, girl, uh, did you smoke something in the parking lot before you came Like, you lay down. You need the test. <laughs> Measure your brain function. Jeez. <laughs> Who is this person? I was like, I'm sorry. We're, we're researching time for our podcast, and I'm thinking about it. But it's kind of true, Jay. This information does not exist until somebody measures it. Okay. <laughs> yes, but it's still there. Even if like you measured it and then the PA walked away and didn't actually look at it, it still was there and measured, but it wasn't like interpreted or analyzed, but it's still like what his brain is doing or whatever it was measuring. Like that still exists. Right. But what you're describing is that like time still exists, but we're trying to measure it. And, and when we measure it, that creates something different than what's actually happening. Right. Yes. Okay. Too much. Too much. <laughs> System overload. Also, I'll just say we do all this stuff in our culture with like past lives. We've covered past lives in our podcast and we, we even go so far, at least in, in our circles, Jay, of like looking at how past lives might be influencing your current life. Like maybe you're afraid of, um, you know, going into a pool of water because you were drowned as a witch in a past life. Yeah. But we don't often look at like, what if a future life is affecting my present life? And we don't really dive into that at all. And I think that that really shows 
how like our culture's view of time really affects the way that we think. Right. Because when you say a future, like it's like we have the wrong definitions for the words, because for me, you say a future life that hasn't happened yet. That can't affect me because it hasn't happened. I'm only right here right now. So whatever life I live in 50 years, that hasn't happened yet. See, I'm getting mad. (laughs) But I think the problem is not that like it's a disagreement of concepts. It's a disagreement in like the definition that we've been taught that that means something else. Like it, it, we're not using the right terminology or the terminology has been like incorrectly defined or something. Exactly. And also nobody has observed our future life. So we can't measure it. So it's right. not really. Okay. I see what you did there. Fine. <laughs> but so this is what I don't understand. So, so, okay. Help. Um, and, and we can talk about this more in the time travel episode, which, yes, I am, like, leading, but probably not really well. Like, I'm just going to walk you through <laughs> I'm not going to be teaching you anything on time travel. Um, but I, I, think the, I think the problem is, another problem that I'm realizing is that we have these ideas that, first of all, I think we, I think you're talking about time and energy, but, like, are you actually able to go back and see me living in 1989? Like, does that Jamie still exist, but somewhere else? Or are we talking about the energy of 1989, Jamie, that we can still tap into because energy never dies and it never goes anywhere. So that's the problem. But like, am I seeing it through this like Hollywoodized, um, like almost like the problem I used to have with intuition, right? Like I never believed that I was intuitive because everything I knew about intuition was from like culture, like, like pop culture. So I expected to like literally see a dead person, like high-fiving me when they walk by or like, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like I was expecting to have like an angel come down upon me and like this big moment, but like intuition doesn't really work that way. It's not that like grandiose. And so Am I thinking of time travel or, I mean, excuse me, as time, like the way it's been shown to me in like the movies? Well, I I think that's a really interesting question. And what what I'll answer that with is that what you're being shown to like in movies and things is like really a reflection of what we know and like the discoveries and like how we look at it and like what influences it and all of that. Like I think, and I think, it's such an interesting time to look at the subject during a pandemic when time really doesn't feel like it's moving uh, the same as it normally would. I don't know about you, but I mean, even to the fact, so, so let me answer that. Yes. I think that we are taught about time in this, like, this is how we measure time way, not in sort of the more quantum physics way of like, this is how this force works. Right. I think that that is a real detriment to all of us. I think yes. that it really frames time as this like constant, this thing that like, you know, sort of serves us or maybe we serve. And I think that that is damaging. And I would put it in the same kind of damaging category as like a lot of the sort of cultural influences on like who you're supposed to be. Like, I, I think it all fits into that box. Does that right. make sense? Yep. I think that 
keeping mysticism out of of school and in the world is a big no like it sucks it's not helping anybody right Right. like it should be back we should be like hey let's talk about how crazy time is i mean honestly if when i was in school and science was taught in a different way science was taught like how they talk about quantum physics on YouTube videos. I would have loved science. I hated science as a kid because it was, it was too concrete. It was too measured. Does that make sense? Right. Like it has to be proven and definable and not like not actual theories. Yeah. Like I don't care about what stuff does in a beaker. Like I really don't care at all, but, and like some people do and that's great, but had time and, and physics and all of these concepts been presented scientifically in a, in a way of like, look at what scientists question, like that would have interested me. And I think, I don't think I'm alone in that. And I think it speaks to the same thing that you're talking about, where it's like, it's presented to us in this way that we literally, in order to like, even talk about these things have to like undo a bunch of stuff in our brain. Right. And the only reference we have are like, is through art and movies and media like that's the only like point of reference i have for that is what i've seen on a movie is like marty mcfly like that's the only that's that's who i'm picturing when you're talking about like going back in time is like a movie it's it's so it's not even i don't it's not even accurate right and in the the laws of energy tell us that energy can never die right like energy continuously exists so that means that all of the past versions of you in this life and in other lives all of the past ones all of the moments are all still existing right <laughs> are they creating one you right now are they are they different ones in different like dimensions or like how does that work we don't know, like literally scientists still study this. We do not know the answer to some of those things. We have amazing theories for them, but we don't know. So there isn't like, we, we can't say, Oh, this is, this is why, or this is what this is. Right. Exactly. All right. Talking about those kinds of time mind benders. (laughs) I want to talk to you about a time mind bender that's similar to time travel, but a little bit different. And that is, time slips. Okay. So time slips are different than time travel in that they happen and they're really, they're really based on the location you're in. So the place you're in slips back in time for a moment or your, your perception of it slips back in time for a minute or a couple of minutes and then comes back. Does that make sense? Okay. So I have been obsessed with time slips for a long time. And afterwards, I will will tell you why I originally became obsessed with them. But let me just tell you about some. Okay. First of all, there is a street in Liverpool, England called Bold Street that there are so many reported time slips and it's crazy. More than anywhere in the world, people report having a time slip while being on this street. Okay. Can I just throw out there that when Corona's over, if anyone would like to sponsor Jamie and I going to <laughs> Bull Street in Liverpool, we will record it and we will try to have a time slip for you so we can tell you what it was like. Just yes. Kind of, okay. Just saying. So I want to tell you about, there's so many, Jamie. I'm going to tell you just about two time slips that happened on the street that I found to be the most, um, I guess, credible would be the word. Okay. I don't want to say that people lie and make stuff up because, I mean, I think 
they do. But I think I usually believe people when they say they've had a paranormal experience, but these are the most credible. Okay. So interestingly enough, one other thing about, about Bold Street is that most of the time slips that happen here take you back to either the 50s or the 60s, the 1950s and the 1960s. Okay. And as far as time slips go, that's kind of unique because most people experience time slips way further back in time. Right, right. Okay. We don't know why, but that's why this place is like you go back to the 50s and 60s, but that's what's going on. Right. All right, so I'm going to first tell you about Frank, okay? Good old Frank. Okay. <laughs> Frank and his wife were shopping on Bold Street, Liverpool, England, in 1996. Okay. Okay. Um, Frank was walking along. Let me tell you, too, that Frank was, like, this credible, I believe he had something to do with the police at the time or at one time. It's... I feel like these stories, Jay, are like the ones that are most credible. And this is partially my fault, I guess, because I picked it. It's because it was like a white guy who worked in a patriarchal system that wouldn't like, why would he tell this story? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually what I was I was going to say the same thing, because I noticed the same exact thing um, about time travel, like summertime slips and things like that. But I noticed the same exact thing, like you try to pick someone who's like the most muggly muggle because that somehow adds more credibility, but then you're implying that people who are intuitive aren't credible. Yes. That's your, that's exactly what I was trying to express. Like I'm, I'm feeding into this, but I'm also looking for that. Like I'm looking for the person who would have the most to lose by talking about this. And so where I go is somebody who works in like a patriarchal system who would never believe it. Like if I had a time slip and called you and like, we talked about it, no big deal. But like somebody who was like a police officer, I feel like it would be. Yeah, he could be lis- like risking his job or his credibility. Exactly. Okay. So anyways, our friend Frank, he's walking with his wife. His wife wants to go into a bookstore called Waterstones. Okay. So as they're approaching, Frank sees a friend of his and he stops to talk to his friend and his wife decides to walk into the store ahead of him. He, so she walks in, he's talking to his friend a few, a few minutes go by, he says bye to his friend and he turns and he starts walking towards the store and he looks up at the sign and the sign, again, this is Waterstones. It says Crips. He's like, what? And this was a bookstore. Remember now Crips, he looks in the windows and it's like clothing. Oh, and then he's looking around and everyone is in clothing in like that is from the 50s. They're wearing like the women have like these cute headscarves, all this. A van goes by like a, or a truck that says Cardins on the side, which is a company from the 50s. And it's like a 50s, a cute little you know, like 50s utility truck. Um, and our buddy Frank starts to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you would probably. Yeah. So he's he's freaking out and sort of looking around like, what the? And he notices a young woman. Now she's only described as a young woman. And I will, I'm not going to go off on this tangent, but like a lot of times little girls are described as young women. I don't, I never know what they mean because I feel like there's this weird thing with men describing women as girls and I, whatever. I I don't know how old she is. is is my long winded point. She seems to be though. I'm going to guess a teenage girl. Okay. Dressed like him also looking around going, what the hell? Oh, so yeah. So they make eye contact and they decide to walk into the store together. Okay. 
as they go into the store, it changes back to a bookstore in their back in time, like in their normal part of time. And Frank says that the girl, he looks over to her and she was like, that was weird. I thought I walked into a clothing store and walks out. Frank is left to just be like, what in the hell just happened? See, I want to do this. And <laughs> this is the thing about, this is where I like, if we can get the technicalities out of the way, I'm all for this, like time slipping, time traveling. I just don't want to understand the mechanics of it. Like, <laughs> I'm on board. If it's this like weird phenomena that happens or this, this like intuitive experience, like cool. But like, you want me to explain to you how it happened, like the wormhole theory behind it, I'm out. But, but it's like, when you think about Frank doing that, it's incredible. Yeah. Frank also told this story for years and years and years. And people would say like, he would recall it like exact, like it wasn't changed. The story wasn't changing. And he like, I guess risked a lot to be, to, to talk about it so much, but like, Frank basically said his life was never the same anymore. Like he just questioned everything because he was, he was a muggle. Right. Right. All right. I want to tell you about one more time slip and then I'll move on. But this one I find credible um, for a slightly different reason and that it involves a criminal admitting to crime to talk about. Mm, Okay. Okay. So in 2006, a man named named Sean was on bold street, Liverpool, England. Mm -hmm. And he was shoplifting. (laughs) So he grabbed something from a store and ran out of it. And the security guard started chasing him. So he's running down um, Bold Street. And he turns into onto Hanover Street, which is right in this area. And onto like this little alley to sort of like catch his breath for a second. Because he said like his chest suddenly got really, really tight. So he does that and he's like catching his breath real quick. And then he's about to run because he's waiting for the security guard to come around the corner of the alley. Right. And he's going to have to run again. Yeah. The security guard doesn't come around the corner. So he's like, wait a minute. Did I trick him? Like he wasn't that far behind me. Like what happened? So he walks back out onto Hanover street, which again, from the picture that I was looking at, looks like it sort of crosses bold street. Right. Okay. Yep. So as he walks back out to Hanover street to, to bold street, he looks around and he's like, uh-oh. he's, he's in the sixties. So he's there's sixties cars everywhere. People are dressed like they're in the sixties. All the buildings are different. And even some of like the things that have been done to the road are like undone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he panics, <laughs> as one would. <laughs> okay. So Sean, in his panic, sort of, like, leans over onto something to, like, steady himself and sees that it's a newspaper stand, like one of those little things where you grab a newspaper. And the date on the newspaper, Jay, is May 18th, 1967. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, what do I do? So he takes out his cell phone to call someone and, and like, right. Cause like, that's what you would do. Did it work? No, because there's no, he can't get any service. Cause there's no cell towers. Cause it's 1967. Oh my God. It's crazy. So he, he just starts to run in a panic because he's just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And as he's running, he stops to catch his breath again. And I'm just going to try to make a call again. And as he does, his phone works and he looks up. And he's back in 2006. Oh, my God. Now, here's the really crazy thing. The security guard that was chasing him corroborates his story, Jay. 
He said he chased that man into the alley and the man disappeared. No way. Yeah. Surprised he admitted that. Right? Yeah. Now, our buddy Sean and the security guard that chased him are telling the story together. (laughs) They're buddies now. Yeah. Sean admits to shoplifting. Right. He has to to tell this story. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. We'll be right back after this short break. Okay. I have to tell you really quick why I love time slips so much. And it's that I had as a kid, a a sort of a time slip, not really, but like time went wonky for me as a kid and I will never be able to forget it. (laughs) Okay. I need to hear this. Okay. I'll make it quick, but I was probably around 10, um, 10, 11, 12 in that area. And I was in Florida. My grandparents had like a house in a 55 plus park in, in Florida as that generation did. Right. And we were there and I I remember we were playing a game. I was with my grandparents and my mom. And all of a sudden this thing happened where time was happening twice. So like I would see what was just about to happen. It would happen and then rewind and happen again. And then it would happen and rewind and happen again. And I I was like, what is happening? So like, for example, we're playing a game and I would see like my grandfather would pull a card. I don't remember what it was. It was like risk or sorry or a game like that. And he, he would pull like or roll and he would move six or something. And this would happen. And I would see that six, that would happen. And then it'd be like rewind and it would happen again. Oh, you were like in a glitch. Yeah. A glitch in the matrix was happening. Whoa. So I was like, what the heck? So I said to my mom, mom, something's going on. Like time is moving weird. Like it's happening. And then it's like, I'm moving and it's happening again to which my poor mother knowing she has this weirdo kid already, right? It's just like, I think you're probably just really tired. (laughs) Right. Yes. Which, Jay, that's probably exactly what I would say to my kids. Like, Yeah, I was just going to say, I would say the same exact thing. And you know what? You probably were tired. Like, maybe that's why there was, like, the glitching. Like, because you probably were tired and something glitched. Yes. So I ended up, like, just being like, I think I need to go to bed to my mother because I thought like I'm so tired that time is not moving right like that's that's a problem so I went to bed and like I had so much trouble falling asleep because every time I would open my eyes it stuff would glitch like there was a clock in the room that was glitching and it would like go forward and back and forward and back and I was like what is going on and so I went to sleep and when I woke up everything was fine but I have not been able to let it go so when I became old enough to like research it it, I was like oh it's kind of like a time slip I think yeah that's really disorienting I bet oh my god and the more you look into stuff like that the more you see kids talk about things like that how time moves funny for them and then adults recalling time not being right or moving funny or being in the wrong order for them so I almost wonder like the more we exist in like a a universe where time is so, you know, exact and measured, like maybe we sort of let go of that stuff a bit. Or is it like the, is it like the bell in the polar express? Like you start to lose the magic, right? Like you, you start to then just like buy into the sort of the patriarchal construct of time and not like the magic of it. Exactly. And I mean, the way that time moves, like it, we can all agree that time moves differently. Like an hour spent like at the dentist versus an hour spent doing something you love goes by differently. And like the different chemicals that are in your brain 
uh, that are released in your brain based on what, how you're feeling and thinking are going to alter the way that you're perceiving time. So right. it, it, I know that's trippy too, but it also sort of would make sense that like time could get moving weird if something was happening in your brain, right? right. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. Those are my time slip stories. <laughs> I love them. Okay. I want to tell you about a few more things and then we'll move on to time travel. But I want to tell you about the phantom time theory. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. This is the idea that we're not living in 2020. We're actually living in 1723. No, thank you. <laughs> Things are bad enough now, not in the 1700s. Don't put me so, there. Here's, here's the only reason this one doesn't bother me. I do not understand. This is, this is, I probably shouldn't admit this as we're talking about time. I do not understand how we measure it in years. Like when someone's like this year, C E B C D P W or whatever they're saying, like <laughs> NWA time. Like I don't understand. I'm like, what, why can't we just go in one direction? Like right. this is where I have like the measure it better moment. Like, well, so because the patriarch, the church came along and decided to just totally change the whole damn thing. That's why it's all screwed up. Yes. It's, so it's, it's definitely not 2020. The, the world hasn't only been around for 2020 years, but like, so I, I'm not super bothered by this, but I can see how being like, never mind, it's not 2020, it's 1723. On top of everything else, I right. can see how yes. that might be too much. <laughs> so. Okay. I get on board with that, that like, like the measurement is wrong. Yes. Okay. You're right. not sending me back to the 1700s. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to start again? No. Okay. So there is a 297 year discrepancy where they, which would have been the dark ages where there's this conspiracy theory that we skipped ahead 297 years and that a certain person who I'll tell you about in a second pushed it forward and made up what happened to like better, like establish his legacy. What? Who? <laughs> his name was Otto the third. Okay. So <laughs> between 614 and 911 CE, I don't know what that really means. CE, but whatever. Um, that's what they're saying didn't happen. And that is the dark ages. So Otto the third wanted to rule this is the theory he wanted to rule in the millennium he wanted to rule in the thousands because he thought it would sound better than being like the ruler in the i don't know 1911 like to rule in the year a thousand he was the ruler he thought that sounded more badass can he like chill his ego out i know <laughs> so i will also say and this could be a tangent. I'll try to reel myself in. But if you want to go on it, I will totally support your your journey. Uh -huh. um, back in the day, not everybody could read and write. And yes. the people who were in charge of tracking history were white patriarchal men who had to do with religion, mostly Christian religions. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Not going on the tangent, but I'm just saying back then to just mess with time to like better your own story was totally doable and totally something people did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that happened up until like very recently. I mean, women 
black people in this country, like they weren't allowed to read and write and go to school because it kept them powerless. Exactly. Okay. So here's some of the things that support that this conspiracy theory might be true. Okay. So first of all, there's, like we said, there's plenty of evidence that there are historical forgeries, mostly from the Christian, specifically Catholic church mm-hmm. of like, they just made shit up when they wanted to. Right. Yep. Yeah, I'll believe it. We can prove that. Yes. Um, There's also that architecture built during this time. So this, this, the dark ages, Um, it seems to be, have used technology that would not have been invented in those years. So there are some churches and castles and buildings that we can look at that were built supposedly in the dark ages. Oh, they have things that like you would have had to use that weren't invented yet. Does that make sense? Okay. There's a lot of theories that, um, have you heard of King Charlemagne? I'm, I'm going to guess you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of theories that he didn't exist and that actually Otto III made him up. Really? Yeah. It's really interesting. I ended up, I don't know what happened. It was kind of late at night. Jay I ended up on like a message board that was like full of people saying Charlemagne never existed. <laughs> you time traveled to 1990. So message board (laughs) but it was it was very interesting what they had to say that that Charlemagne never existed so Otto III says he was a descendant of this Charlemagne and Charlemagne is this big historical figure that also has a lot of ties to the church he was like this second coming like he was whatever he was this big deal back in the day and like um, the church very much supposedly um, like trusted him and, and leaned on him. So Otto, um, our friend Otto III was like, well, I want to sound really badass and awesome. So I'm going to say I'm a descendant of this Charlemagne guy that I make up in history. That's the theory. This and this isn't even I don't even think that that's far fetched. I think that no. <laughs> people then were like so f- focused on like innovation and moving forward and the world was so small like relating to your like exposure to what's happening in other parts of the planet that it's easy to perpetrate a lie like that but now that we are so advanced that we now are so interested in looking back historically that we can fact check stuff now that no one would have been able to or even thought of it is like the fake news of back in the day right yes so I'm not taking, I'm going to tell you one more thing about this theory. I'm not going to take a position because I also tried to research it from the other angle. And there's lots, like, there's a lot of stuff in like, like these Asian dynasties and like, there's a lot of like history with like astrology and different meteors that people spotted that would say it probably that we probably didn't fast forward, but did something sketchy happen here? I think, I think, I think so. Was this a thing where people like just moved time around willy nilly? Yeah. So the other part of this is that, um, so the person responsible for the Gregorian calendar, which we mentioned before, um, was Pope Gregory the 13th. Right. So he basically, what he did was take, um, Julius Caesar's calendar that he created that everyone was going on, like the Roman calendar and fix it because we were off. So what was happening is because again, as humans were trying to measure time and the universe doesn't give a shit what we think for a measurement, we were off and like they could tell because the equinoxes were not happening on the days they were supposed to. I'm putting supposed to in quotes. Right. Okay. 
So he wanted to fix this and they do, they do this with leap years, which I also didn't know, like every hundred years they skip a leap year. I don't know. There's all this stuff that they did to fix this. Okay. Yeah. So in, um, in the year 1582, Pope Gregory the 13th moved the calendar ahead 10 days to fix this discrepancy. So in 1582, there was no, that we went from October 4th and the next day was October 15th. Oh, interesting. We skip some days right. okay, to make up for this. Right. So this feeds the theory because in order to actually make up for the time, Pope Gregory the 13th should have moved the calendar ahead 13 days, but he only moved it ahead 10. So the theory is like, that's 297 years that they were trying to cover up from good old Otto the third. So leaving those three days out is like 300 years of cover up. So that's what really feeds this theory too. Gotcha. Now there's also the other side of that is saying like he wanted to line it up with where the church wanted Easter. And that might've been why he did the 10 days. So I'm not, again, I'm not taking a stance because I, I don't usually even care about that part of conspiracies. I just like to hear them, but there's also like, our way that we measure time is so tampered with. It's not even funny. Right. Well, and then even if you think about like the way we're so hooked on time in, in the present, like do the, what about those people who had birthdays in those 10 days? <laughs> they not change like a, a year older. I mean, of course they did. They were aging, they were living, but like you get like, we're so entrapped in that in the mechanism of like calendars and time and how we process it, that um, it gets tricky when you start to move stuff around. Yeah. I mean, if you had a, if you were born on October 7th, 1582, you weren't right. You were born a different day. You were fast forwarded. Right. And does it matter at the end of the day? No, of course not. But it's really weird. It's a, it's a very strange concept. It is. And it really just goes to show you that, it really only makes sense to go by nature and the universe when it comes to time and, and not be so obsessed with measuring it. Right. And then, right. And then, and then you're not so obsessed with aging as a woman, like then you're not worrying about aging because you're not measuring it so meticulously and harshly. Don't you feel like instead of being like, happy birthday, you're another year older, you should say happy birthday. You took another trip around the sun. Yeah. That would be way more fun. Right. Agreed. It's a lot better perspective. All right. I want to finish up our time stuff with just telling you again, how we don't really have a good perception of time. I'm going to give you some facts that kind of mess with our perception of time a bit. Are you ready? Yeah. No. Yes. (laughs) Okay. The woolly mammoth was alive while the Egyptians were building the pyramids. No. Yep. There were woolly mammoths around. No. (laughs) Woolly mammoths were like prehistoric, like Mm -hmm. cave people. Yep. God. Okay. This one is, I think this one is cheating a little bit, but I like it so much that I'm going to give it to you anyways. Okay. Okay. The fax machine was invented the same year as the first wagon crossed the Oregon Trail. What? (laughs) What year was that? What? 1843. How? A fax machine? Yeah, that's the year. Look it up. Google it. (laughs) That's the year the fax machine was invented. Now, here's why it's cheating. 
the fax machine was then sort of reinvented and reused it like in a more updated way in the eighties, um, the 1980s, but it was actually, it was actually invented in 1843, which is the same year that the first, um, wagons were crossing the Oregon trail. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) I wish you guys could have seen Jamie's face for that one. It would have been, (laughs) okay. So this stuff always messes with me a little bit. So this one is, I have two about McDonald's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> McDonald's was founded in 1940. And that's the same year that prisoners were arriving at Auschwitz. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Interesting. Don't you think of... It's, it's, the, it's the problem with how you see current McDonald's right? Like the big, ugly, bright colors. And then you juxtapose that with like how you see Europe during the Holocaust. It's a totally, totally different picture. Yeah. And don't you see the Holocaust? Like if somebody mentions it, don't you think of it happening like in a different time ever than the invention of like fast food restaurants like that? They don't seem to match. No, like my, in my head, the Holocaust is literally in black and white because those are like the photos I've seen of it. And when I studied it, it's it's in my head as like predating, certainly, certainly predating fast food. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay, so here's here's one I know that you'll like. So Cleopatra was born in 69 BC. So the Great Pyramid of Giza was built 2,471 years before she was born. Now, that in itself is a lot. lot. Don't you think of Cleopatra as being, like, around when they were building them? Yes. Yes. I I imagine her, like, in a pyramid. She was directing it. Yes. She's like, put it over there, you big hunky man. Yeah, like, that's what I think of. Okay. (laughs) McDonald's opened 2024 years after she was born. So that means that she was born closer to the opening of McDonald's than she was the building of the pyramids. So I have a problem with this. (laughs) Let's hear it. As you knew that I would, but the problem actually isn't time. The problem is this society. It's the way we're taught. Like the, the, the education that we receive is so like skewed and and like compartmentalized or I don't it's like abbreviated or something that we get these but it's not only that like I'm making the wrong assessments about time and when it's happening it's like we are culturally getting the wrong information yes so much so that like we just know facts we right. don't have this like this happened this long ago or like we just it, it so takes away from that like intuitive part of learning which is like conceptualizing stuff and like understanding how things grow and move and what we learn from it and just being like here's a year that makes has no meaning to you here let's learn about Egyptian culture and at the same time we're going to learn it as pyramids as we learn about Cleopatra and nobody tells us like oh hey there's this like really long amount of time in between 
Right. Or like so they said it in like one paragraph of one book that you didn't really read and you failed the test on. Like it, it you and it becomes this like little chunk that like Egypt becomes all of these factors that become a blip in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't really know like where they exist mm-hmm. in, in time or even like in society. Yeah. And you don't you don't know where to put it like you you we sort of lump all these people in history into like just past instead of like there being these different layers to the past right exactly okay yikes this this one i fact checked like 37 times jamie because i was like okay in 1977 the first star wars movie came out okay can you picture like the 70s look of like han solo and all that okay that is the same year that the last guillotine execution in France happened before it became illegal. Really? They were still chopping people's heads off in France in 1977. Wow. That's another cultural problem. Yikes. What? Wow. Again. But again, we see that in a history book. Like, I see that as, like, an illustration on a history book of, like, a guillotine and people standing, like, the guards standing around it. It feels much more like 1723 than 1973, right? Like that, it feels so distant. And I think that's that's a big problem of, of thinking of history as happening so long ago. And you're like, oh, actually, it didn't. It, it was not that long ago. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this one, this, you know, I love this stuff, but this one I can't deal with. <laughs> but I'm not going to be able to deal with it. Good luck to you. Oxford University existed for a hundred years before the Aztec Empire was founded. It was in 1428. I can't with that one. Oh, really? I can't. Jeez. Yeah, that's a lot. That one's a lot. Oxford was a college and around educating people before the Aztec Empire was even created a hundred years before it? Yeah, well... But exactly. And and that's and again, it's like the way we're seeing college, it was probably it probably looked very different, but it it sounds so crazy when you think about it like that. It just makes me think like, is is this how other countries learn about history? Do they learn the same way we do? Is this like an American weird whitewashing of history problem that's like feeding this? Or is this how like, are people who are in other countries listening to us being like, duh? I mean, yes, I would say probably. <laughs> There's definitely <laughs> some portion of that. Yes. We do have listeners in other countries. So hello to all of you out there. Um, <laughs> tell us. Write us and tell us. Yeah, I, I do think that there's a lot of white, I mean, that might not be the whole entire problem. I'm sure history is hard to teach, like, a planetary civilization is hard to teach, you know, to a, a class in just a couple of years. I get that it's a lot of information, um, but there's definitely whitewashing involved and there's definitely sort of the skimming over of things. And, and yeah, it's a lot. Freaks me out. Okay. Yep. I have two more for you and they're a bit more lighthearted. So okay. I'll, I'll end them on a happier note. So okay. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were born in the same year. My daughter told me that one. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yes, yes. They again guess so that Anne Frank was was much before Martin Luther King Jr. Yep, agreed. 
Again, it really does speak to the fact that in my brain, the Holocaust happened a lot longer ago than it actually did. Agreed. Yep. Okay. And then my last one is that um, Marilyn Monroe, if she was still alive, would be the same age as Queen Elizabeth. Hmm. That actually makes sense when you put it like that. But you see her as like forever being young. Yeah. Queen Hmm. Elizabeth has seen, I think it's like 13 presidents of the United States in her time. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. She's the OG. Yeah. She's seen it all. that's really interesting I also think that it's a problem of being a a relatively young country Mm. Uh, like time seems longer for us probably when it's really these like very short I mean that's like with Ruby Bridges like when during segregation I mean she's still alive I know and she's like like looks young and beautiful when I see her I'm like she looks like she's my parents age that's weird Right. She probably is your parents' age, maybe a little bit older. But I mean, we're taught the history like as if it happens like so long ago. Or maybe that's a process of aging. You know, like you learn things as a kid and then when you age it, you you interpret it differently. I mean, all the things you're saying just support my theory, Jay, that time is not measurable. It's not linear. It's all in the way that we perceive it. Reality is only is only real if somebody who's conscious is observing it, right? And how you observe it, right? I'll I will agree to that. I will I'll get on board with that theory. <laughs> I would like you to know that her facial expression as she says this is really not in alignment with what she's saying. <laughs> I will, in theory, get on board with your theory, but I don't know that I'm really on board i would also like to say that it is not my theory Uh, it is a theory i back i'm not the smart person who came up with that but there you go all (laughs) right i'll take it all right i think we'll i'll give your brain a break and then um we'll come back in the next episode next week and you can tell us about time travel what do you think Joy? yeah let's do some time travel and it's gonna be um i'm gonna make it a little weird i'm gonna bring emotions into it that's how I roll. I'm just going to continue to resist science. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's do it together. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Jay. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.